Hi there, I'm Sue Elvis from the blog Stories of an Unschooling Family. Welcome to my podcast. This is episode 198, and today I want to discuss the topic Should a child be responsible for his or her education, or is it a a parent's responsibility? Now, the reason I was thinking about this topic is because quite often I hear parents say, but if we unschool, perhaps later on, our kids will come back and they will complain. They will say, mom, dad, you didn't give us a good enough education. We're not prepared for the future, for the career that I want for the adult world. And I was thinking, would children who were really unschoolers uh, cast themselves in that role? Would they blame their parents? And if kids did blame their parents for what they believe is an inadequate education, is that right? Shouldn't learning belong to the child. And that's what I want to explore today with some discussion and also with some stories from my blog, Stories of an Unschooling Family. Now, the most of this podcast comes from a blog post that I wrote on September the 26th, 2023. So that's fairly recently if you're listening as I'm publishing the episodes. And the post is called, Who Should Be Responsible for a Child's Education, the Parent or the Child? I started with some introductory questions, and I'm going to share those with you first. Who should be responsible for a child's education, the parent or the child? Is learning an active activity that needs the learner's cooperation? Is it impossible to force knowledge into a child without resorting to teaching methods that ultimately destroy their natural love of learning? Is forced learning real learning? Is it better to unschool and let children learn what's important to them? But if we choose unschooling, will our kids one day accuse us of sidestepping our duty and not providing them with a good education? Yes, sidestepping our duty. As parents, is it our duty to make sure that our kids get a good education? And how do we do that? By imposing our own ideas upon our children using what we believe is our experience to make sure that they get a good education or trusting our kids know what's best for them, what they, where their talents lie and encouraging them and supporting them along their chosen pathway, trusting that they will learn all they need to know um, in their own way and in their own time. Yes, it takes a lot of trust to unschool, doesn't it? It does seem a lot easier to decide 
for our children what they should be doing, putting, keeping the reins tightly in our own hands. But with that comes that feeling of intense responsibility. What if we're wrong? What if we're not giving our kids what they need? So I'm going to start with an introductory story, which I wrote recently. It's not one of my old ones. I've got a couple of those to share with you later. In primary school, I had two teachers whom I loved, Mr. White and Miss Desnoski. At lunchtime, I followed Mr. White around the classroom, helping him make paste for craft projects. And sometimes I'd pass him bricks as we construct a kiln in the school playground where we'd fire our clay pots. Miss Desnoski was beautiful, gentle and kind. She always listened carefully, valuing what we had to say. One day, several friends and I asked if we could sing a song in front of the class. And she said, of course. And then she took great delight in our performance, even though only one of our cool girl band could actually sing. Mr. White and Miss Desnoski were our heroes. Hopelessly romantic, we hoped they'd get married. They always had time for us and valued who we were. They noticed our curiosity and answered questions, inviting us to share their work. They inspired us to learn, not with threats of punishments or offers of rewards, but with love. Oh, yes, we loved our teachers. We wanted to be just like them. And we loved learning. Then, one day, the magic of learning ended. As I got older, I discovered school was a serious business with no time for curiosity. Each day, I ran between classes, throwing myself onto chairs as far away from the direct gaze of the teacher as possible, hoping she wouldn't fire questions designed to prove I wasn't listening at me. And I watched the clock. Unable to believe how slowly the hands moved. When would it be time to go home? Despite the futility of it all, I did well at school because I did what I was told, not wanting to be labelled stupid or lazy. I achieved high enough grades for me to go to university to study for a Bachelor of Science degree. But university was like school. Once again, I hurried between classes. I tried to sit still, listened, made notes, and stored information in my short-term memory to pass my exams. And I continued to watch clocks. This time, there were no threats of punishment or shame or offers of reward to stir us to learn. Our education was our responsibility. We were expected to be self-motivated and eager to gain knowledge. But for me, it was too late. I'd lost my curiosity and sense of awe and wonder. They had been stolen by well-meaning people who'd assured me I wouldn't learn unless they forced me to. Maybe they were right. 
Why should I learn what others thought was important in tedious ways that almost brought me to tears? I learned because those who believed they knew best said I needed good exam results to get a good job and live a good life. That didn't turn out to be true. I was determined my children would have different experiences from mine. I didn't use shame, rewards or punishments to motivate them to learn, relying on curiosity instead. I allowed them to be responsible for their learning. Did that mean they only ever did what they liked? Did they avoid the more difficult challenges of life? No, they realised there are sometimes good reasons for doing things that are hard or tedious or make us feel uncomfortable. So they chose to do them. Sometimes parents express the fear that if they unschool, their kids will, at a later date, accuse them of not giving them a good enough education. Parents say it's safer to stick to the traditional learning methods, even when they can see these methods aren't always effective and may involve conflict and unhappiness. And I understand this decision because who will blame us for choosing a path for our kids that has been travelled by millions of people before them? It's just the accepted way. There's safety in numbers. But unschooling, it's different. It recognises that everyone needs to be responsible for their learning. It belongs to them. Our children are in the driver's seat. We're just there to encourage, suggest and support. Because unschooling involves taking responsibility for our learning, an unschooler won't blame a parent for unschooling them. They won't find fault and act like a victim. If they do, then they weren't truly unschooling. Despite appearances, the parent was still in charge. Yeah, that story, when I was reading it, I was thinking about Mr. White and Miss Desnoski. And it, it is amazing how many years have passed since I was in primary school with those teachers. Uh, but the memories don't fade. Uh, the love that those teachers had for us and the encouragement and curiosity, uh, the willingness to involve us in their tasks, uh, that, yeah, those memories haven't faded. Um, but yes, I've got a lot of terrible memories associated with upper primary, high school and university. Now, I have a second story that I wrote quite a while ago, and I think I have already shared this story in a podcast. After podcasting for so long, I, I get muddled up by which posts or which stories I have already told. I should make a list of them and then, you know, I can tick them all off and say, well, I shared that one. I can't um, share that one again. But... Yes, I'm not exactly sure I've shared this story, but I seem to remember recording it before and I'm going to share it again because it fits in so nicely with this topic 
and I'm hoping that maybe you won't mind hearing it again. And if you are a fairly new listener to my podcast, you won't have heard it anyway. And the story's called Making Children Learn What They Don't Want to Know. And I introduced it this way. Children are very perceptive. They sometimes see things more clearly than adults. When my daughter, Gemma Rose, was eight years old, she said, you can't make me learn anything I don't want to learn. She was right. Here's that story. Making children learn what they don't want to know. My children follow their interests when it comes to learning. This sounds rather indulgent, doesn't it? Why should I let them direct their own learning? Hey, they're only kids. How do they know what they need to know? I stop and think about these questions for a moment, and then I remember something my youngest daughter Gemma Rose said to me a while ago. You can't make me learn anything I don't want to learn. These weren't the words of a defiant child. They were the observation of a rather astute eight-year-old. You can't make me learn anything I don't want to learn. These words remind me very much of trying to make children eat. We can't forcibly feed a child something she hasn't a desire for, however hard we try. In the same way, we can't really stuff knowledge into a child's head if she isn't interested, though it might appear we can. For, of course, children learn things they don't want to learn all the time. Anyone who's been to school is very aware of this. For years, I was subjected to bribes or punishments or even shame to ensure I learnt many things that I had no interest in. Gold stars and reports full of compliments and high grades encouraged me to do my best. The threat of my parents receiving a bad report of my academic work and the fear of failing the numerous tests and exams, which were apparently essential for a successful and happy future, pushed me to study when I didn't really want to. The thought of being at the bottom of the class and labelled stupid shamed me into trying harder. But those methods of getting me to work were worth it, weren't they? I ended up with a great education, didn't I? I received high enough marks. That cannot be denied. But a great education? On the day I finished my formal schooling, I said with great relief, no one can make me learn anything ever again. And then I promptly forgot most of what had been forced into me over the preceding years. Albert Einstein said, Education is what is left after you've forgotten everything you've learnt. I didn't end up with much of an education. But our children don't go to school. Surely homeschooled children are in a different situation. Many years ago, I was absolutely sure there were certain things my children needed to learn. They didn't agree. The battle was on, 
and I was determined to win. I was the mother, and I knew better than my children. Or did I? Even if I am convinced I know best, how am I going to get past the problem Gemma Rose stated so clearly? You can't make me learn anything I don't want to learn. Like the schools, I could bribe and punish and shame my children into studying what's in my homeschool plan. But I don't believe knowledge gained this way is very valuable. I want my children to have a better education than the one I received. And for that to happen, the motivation for learning must come from within and not from outside a child. That internal motivator is love, which every child seems to have until forced learning chases it away. But just because my children follow their interests doesn't mean I can't suggest new experiences and ideas they might like to learn about. Like anyone with a healthy attitude towards food, they try this and that and often discover something new which they develop a real taste for. So frequently, my children, motivated by their love of learning, end up learning things I would like to share with them without me insisting. John Holt said in his book, Teach Your Own, Of course a child may not know what he may need to know in 10 years. Who does? But he knows, and much better than anyone else, what he wants and needs to know right now, what his mind is ready and hungry for. If we help him, or just allow him, to learn that, He will remember it, use it, build on it. If we try to make him learn something else that we think is more important, the chances are that he won't learn it or will learn very little of it, that he will soon forget most of what he learnt and what is worst of all, will before long lose most of his appetite for learning anything. Doesn't that quote sum up everything perfectly? My daughter Imogen walks by and I say, Listen to this. You can't make me learn anything I don't want to learn. True or false? True, she replies. And even when children do learn something they're not interested in, they only learn just enough to satisfy whoever wants them to learn it. They don't retain that type of learning. Do you have an example, I ask. I'm thinking about music exams, Imogen replies. I'm not interested in all the general knowledge, but it's part of the exam. I just remember as much as is needed until the exam is over, and then I promptly forget it. Then Imogen adds, but playing the music? Of course I never forget how to do that. That's the bit I love. Yes, our children, they're deep thinkers, and I have always found it very fascinating listening to them uh, express their thoughts all through the years that I have been writing blog posts. I have asked my 
children their opinion on various things. What do you think about this? What do you think about that? And I have been fascinated by their answers. I think that parents feel that they know best, that they understand learning much more thoroughly than children. We think we know what's best for our kids. And of course we don't. I love that bit about what in John Holt's uh, quote about um, children knowing what they need to know right now. Um, what did he say? He wants and needs to know right now what his mind is ready and hungry for. Yes, and if we ignore that, thinking we know best, in the end we might end up Uh, discouraging our kids from learning anything. They'll lose their love of learning, their curiosity. And yes, we can do that, can we? I think sometimes we know what makes sense. And I do believe unschooling makes um, complete sense. But even though we know that logically it's all true, we're still afraid to go along that pathway. Uh, we send our kids down pathways that are safe. Well, they seem safe because they're the well-traveled pathways. There are a lot of people using the pathway throughout history. If you go back years, yes, a lot of people have been learning the way, the traditional way. And maybe there's safety in numbers, but there's not safety as far as kids learning goes. We can't safeguard our kids' curiosity by going along a pathway that deep down we might um, question, we might not believe. It will result in the best education for our kids, but we're too afraid to do something different. What if? Because there's never any guarantees, are there? Uh, we we look at the evidence, we read people's stories. We, I think what we should do most of all is listen to our kids. But we quite, can't quite let go sometimes. It does take a lot of trust. And I think by listening to our kids, getting to know our children, that's when our trust is deepened. It doesn't happen so much from uh, listening to other people's stories, though maybe unschoolers' stories, the stories that I tell maybe do give us um, things to ponder. Maybe they inspire us. But we could always say, but my family's different. My children are different from your children. Your children are suited to unschooling, but maybe mine aren't. So that doesn't always work. Um, But listening to our kids, yes, we should spend more time listening to our kids and less time talking to them. Oh, I also shared another post from my blog. I think it's one with a podcast. Just having a look at it here. It's called Unschooling and, and University, Learning from Our Own Experiences. Because as I said in my last uh, podcast, episode 196, I think it was, and um, what do unschoolers do each day? There's this belief that unschooling won't result in deep learning. It 
the knowledge kids gain from unschooling is limited and superficial. It's limited to such things as enjoying yourself while you're playing in the forest with your friends or the high school equivalent, um, baking cookies, sleeping in late. How is that going to result in any useful knowledge, any skills that kids can use in the future when they have to go out into the bigger world and support themselves. And I said at the end of that post something about university. Often parents want to provide their kids with the opportunity opportunity to go to university if that's something that they feel called to do. Does unschooling prepare kids for university? And most non-unschoolers say no. The best way to prepare kids for that step in their life is to um, undergo structured learning a curriculum maybe that is geared towards a tertiary education. So I guess I wanted to reassure people who were worried about that. Maybe you're worried about that. But yes, quite a few of my kids have university degrees. One of my children has a master's degree. And a couple of my kids did do part of a university degree successfully and then dropped out because they realized that that wasn't what they really wanted to do. But they didn't drop out because they weren't coping with the course. Oh no, they could have continued on and got those degrees, but they questioned what they were doing. And that's a whole new topic in itself, isn't it? Should we persist with things just because we have started them? Is it a sign of flakiness, perhaps? We haven't got any backbone if we drop out and change our minds and choose to do something else. I had a fascinating conversation about literature with my daughter Imogen this morning. Yes, should we persist? persist with books that we're not enjoying. And I might write something about that for my blog. Um, yeah, it's great to have conversations with your kids. I'm sure you enjoy doing that as well. We all learn, we have fun, um, we ponder ideas deeply. And then sometimes I go away, make a few notes and share our thoughts with people on my blog or in a podcast and invite you all to add your thoughts to the conversation. But anyway, I should get back to this blog post that I shared. Unschooling and university learning from our own experiences. Years ago, I completed a Bachelor of Science degree majoring in botany. I did okay. I was awarded an honours degree. Eventually, I got a job in a science department of a university. But I also got nightmares, recurring ones. They stem from the experience of having little control over my education. I went off to university because it was the next expected stage of my life. I studied science because I was told this was a good choice. I didn't argue. I didn't say, hey, I'd rather study English. I want to write. I was too busy completing assignments and doing exams to have any time for thinking about what I really wanted to do. 
Like all school students, I was rushed through year after year of school. I did my school leaving exams. I went off to university. Most people would say I ended up with a good education. I was fortunate, but could there have been a better way? I talk about my university experience and the resulting nightmares in this week's podcast, episode 120, Unschooling and University, Learning from Our Own Experiences. I share the story, the opportunity to discover the freedom to choose, and then I discuss the question, is it important for teenagers to continue exploring their interests, or is it better to leave unschooling behind? Things are getting serious. Perhaps we should structure our older children's education so that they are prepared for university. In this episode, I also share the story, My Dean's a Medalist of a Husband, which is about my husband, Andy. About 26 years after completing his Bachelor of Science degree, he returned to university to do his Master's of Teaching primary. Andy's experience illustrates that it's never too late to study at university level and follow your dreams. Also, anything can be learnt when we have a need to know it. And the best motivation for learning isn't rewards, but instead an interest in the subject. All of my older children, Charlotte upwards, have studied at tertiary level. They all passed at least three open university units. Three have bachelor's of arts degrees and one son has a master's degree. So unschooled children can not only get into university, but can they can also enjoy their studies and be successful. And then I mentioned that I have made some videos, other blog posts and some videos about um, unschooling teenagers. I interviewed my daughter Imogen in a video, which is on YouTube. And also I have, there's a two-parter, uh, into an interview with my son Callum after he began university. And I finished that post with these words. Something I didn't mention in my podcast. If a child knows what she wants to do, making a plan in order to achieve that goal seems to be a sensible thing to do. My daughter Imogen made a plan for getting into university and it was successful. So that was really just an introduction into that podcast episode 120. And if you think that sounds interesting, that little taste of it, I invite you to go back and listen to yeah, episode 120 and also visit my blog because there's some links to those uh, video interviews. And as I said, um, kids, you know, kids, <laughs> teenagers, young adults, they all have such fascinating things to say. They're there learning. It's their experiences. We have to listen to them. Well, we should listen to them, put it that way. And I finished off this blog post that I'm sharing with you today with a section called What People Are Saying About Self-Directed Learning. Usually I head this section, What Other Unschoolers Are Saying About 
um, self-directed learning or whatever the topic is. But this time, it was really interesting. When I googled the words self-directed learning, I expected to get lots of entries from unschoolers. But what actually came up um, were a lot of articles and books uh, written by... Um, not only on schools, but most of them were written by school and university educators. A lot of them were uh, scholarly academic articles, research papers on unschool. well, not so much unschooling, Peter Gray, he has written about unschoolers in particular, but some of these scholarly research papers are just about self-directed learning. No association with unschooling, as if self-directed learning is a natural thing to do. It's what our kids, what all people need to do. Everybody needs to take responsibility for their own learning. And there are a lot of academics who are interested in this topic. So it's not a crazy idea, I think, that uh, you, you might say, well, look, well, not you, but people in general might say, oh, look, that's a crazy unschooling idea. But if you do some Googling, you will find out that self-directed learning is generally accepted as something that is sensible, something that makes good sense. So what I ended up doing was sharing some links, not only to unschooling articles, but some general articles and videos. So what have I got? Nothing Worth Learning Can Be Taught, an article by Peter Gray. And he, as I said, has done some research with unschoolers. He is closely associated with the unschooling community, though I don't think he began here. Um, maybe he discovered us. I don't really know Peter Gray's um, history, but I do know that lots of unschoolers have interviewed him and they quote his work and recommend his books. And then I found, this one is unschooling, Crash Course in Self-Directed Education from the Unschooling School website. And this is a list of links to many hours of video. And not all these videos are, were made by unschoolers. There's some TED Talks, TEDx Talks. For example, the first one I've got here is Eddie Zong, How School Makes Kids Less Intelligent. And that was a TEDx talk, I think. And then Peter Gray, What is Self-Directed Learning? That's a really good one. Very short and concise and easy to understand and attractively presented with animated drawings. And then, of course, one of my big heroes and I'm sure he's a hero of many unschoolers, Sir Ken Robinson, Bring On the Learning Revolution, which I think was a follow-up to his first big TED talk. And I can't remember um, the title of that one, but you'll easily find it. Just Google Ken Robinson TED talk. Yes, a very, oh, he's got so much good to say, but he is such an engaging uh, presenter, very humorous. Uh, yes, everybody is always glued to the screen when we watch one of his videos. I was so thrilled a few years ago to be invited to, to participate in a homeschooling summit, one of these global online events. 
and Sir Ken Robinson was also invited. So he knew nothing about me, of course, but I know a lot about him. But just to be listed as a presenter at the same homeschool online forum, I guess we could say that. He probably didn't even glance down and notice my name or anything, but yes, there was my name somewhere next to Ken Robinson's. A real big privilege. And I've got two books I think that I have recommended, Unschooling and Self-Directed Education, How Children Learn Without School and Homeschool by Judy Arnell. And that's a book and a video presentation. And I seem to remember she's an academic, but very closely linked to the unschooling community. I mean, some people uh, need the reassurance of the academic world, don't they? Uh, I don't have any qualifications in the educational um, field. My qualifications are in science and I don't rate those very highly because I have forgotten most of what I learned. As I mentioned, I've just got a good looking bit of paper. And so maybe people would say, well, see, you don't have any educational knowledge because you don't have a degree in, in education but there are some unschoolers who do. So if you would like the reassurance of um, a degree behind the knowledge, there are a few people who have researched unschooling and self-directed learning, and you can find those research papers online. One final thing, the Teenage Liberation Handbook, How to Quit Life and Get a Real Life and Education, a book by Grace Llewellyn. I might have recommended that in my last podcast as well. Yes, of course, I'm sharing personal experience and my own ponderings and the experiences of my kids and their thoughts and how it all works together within a family. And yes, I don't think we should be afraid of sharing what we have learned, even though we're not backed by a degree. In some ways, I think personal experience, going there and doing it is more valuable than just um, having a hypothesis and <laughs> trying to prove it. But though most of these unschooling um, academic papers are backed by research that, as in Peter Gray's case, he interviewed a lot of unschoolers and that's the data he used to formulate his conclusions. So I guess that's best of both worlds, isn't it? Right, what you could do next. Always good to have something to go and do so that we deepen our knowledge, isn't it? Yes, we listen, we read, and then sometimes we forget. And we have, maybe we feel the need to go and explore a bit more. I don't say we have to, but if we're interested, we could. So what could you do next? If you are interested in self-directed learning and would like to know a little bit more and what, uh, how self-directed learning affects unschooling our kids, us, uh, are there any risks, all that. Well, you could check, check out all the resources that I've just mentioned and read those blog posts that I read out. Yeah, you could read those on my blog. I will leave links in the show notes. And take your time pondering the ideas in all those things. I think you'll be 
busy for a long time with that list of resources because, as I said, one of them is the says crash course I think in self directed learning, but as I also said. There are lots and lots of videos, lots and lots of hours of viewing. If you were to watch them all and make notes and ponder all the ideas, you would be kept busy for a while. And then I suggested that you take a look at my books, Curious Unschoolers, Radical Unschool Love and The Unschool Challenge. Uh, Curious Unschoolers, I think that's the one probably that has the most information about how children learn and the experiences of my children as they were learning as unschoolers. Radical Unschool Love continues the story when unschooling spills over into parenting. And I guess there's lots of good ideas there. I hope they're good ideas. But um, this is my favorite book in a way because it is centered very much around love. We start off being curious. We love learning. And of course, love spills over into parenting, doesn't it? If we truly love our kids unconditionally, we're going to respect their interests Uh, what is important to them. We're going to listen. We're going to not impose our own ideas upon our kids. So yes, it does spill over into all aspects of our lives. And then finally, the Unschooled Challenge and part four of, well, well, part four of Curious Unschool is is about how children learn. And the Unschooled Challenge is full of step-by-step challenges designed to increase understanding of unschooling and put it into action. There's lots of ideas for things to do. Um, yeah, sometimes we have to do something to understand, to learn, don't we? We can't just read. We want to do a bit more. And so please look at my book, The Unschooled Challenge. It's really uh, maybe the handbook of unschooling. Maybe my first two books give the theory and the stories, the experiences, the ideas, the thoughts, and then the Unscore Challenge challenges you to put all what I have spoke or written about into action. How do we, um, yeah, actually unschool? And though my first two books do give some ideas for unschooling, the Unscore Challenge gives more, more ideas as it is set out in a step-by-step way. But of course, step-by-step doesn't sound very unschooling, does it? Uh, It's not a method, but these are suggestions just to read through maybe logical steps and decide, yes, I like that idea, or no, that's not for me, that's not for my family. But sometimes we get stuck, don't we? We don't know where to go next, what to do. And I was thinking that if I had a book to offer, then people could just open the book and just say, well, look, I'm really uh, concerned about trust or I've been pondering respect or we need a little bit more joy in our lives. Uh, Somehow life has become a little stale. Is there a challenge that that we could do either is there a challenge a parent could do is there a challenge a parent could invite a child to be involved with as well that was my thoughts well those were my thoughts 
as I was writing the Unschool Challenge. So yes, it's a book you can start at the beginning and work your way through from yeah, beginning to end, work your way through the 76 challenges. But I think it would be more helpful to just open the book where you feel drawn and yeah, just go with it. Adapt the challenges if you like, miss some of them out, modify them. But maybe the challenges will give you some ideas for where to start or not just where to start, but where to, if you have been unschooling for a while, where to, you know, sometimes we do, we get lost, we get stale, where to inject a bit more enthusiasm, some inspiration, uh, some joy, as I said, back into our unschooling lives. So that's all I have for you today, my friends. I have talked for quite a while there about this topic who should be responsible for a child's education, the child or the parent. I wonder if you will agree after listening to this podcast and after uh, exploring some of those resources that it is indeed the child's responsibility. But that doesn't mean that we just leave them to get on with their education. That would be irresponsible. We have to be there as a good example of learning ourselves and to support and encourage our kids in whatever they want to do. Yes, we have to be curious people ourselves because curiosity is contagious. And if we want our kids to keep learning and if we want our kids to go deep with their interests, then we have to do the same with our learning and with our own interests. So I hope I've summed up that adequately. Please hop over to my blog, Stories of an Unschooling Family. I will leave a link with the show notes that go with this podcast and there will also be a link to the post who should be responsible for a child's education the parent or the child and if you follow that link you can read the stories for yourselves and follow all the links for the resources and don't forget there's that that other podcast episode episode 120 you could listen to as well so it is time to say goodbye. And yes, until next time, live a radical life of unconditional love. <laughs>